0: Hello, welcome to the Wire Podcast. My name is Ryan McCreary, and college football has officially returned. I am so glad to have football back in our lives. I hope you're excited as well. For today's episode, I am going to be recapping everything that happened during the first week of college football. I'm gonna be going through all of the scores of games that included top 25 teams. I'm also going to go over the scores of a few games that didn't include top twenty-five game top twenty-five teams, excuse me, but games that I thought were interesting for one reason or another. I'm also going to be doing some in-depth and deep dives into 3 games specifically that I thought were really interesting and were kind of the games of the week. That's what we have on tap for today's episode. I hope you're excited, I'm excited, and let's get into it. Alright, let's get started by going through all of the scores of games that included top 25 teams. Starting off with USC San Jose State. That was one of the first games of the college football season. USC beat San Jose State. 56 to 28, we saw a pretty impressive performance from USC superstar quarterback Caleb Williams. He played really well in that game, and they and they won by a lot. It was a solid performance from their offense. Not their defense, but still good win for USC. And then we had Notre Dame Navy. That was actually the very first game. I think that was even earlier. Than the USC game, Notre Dame dominated Navy, winning 42-3. to Then on Thursday of that week, um, that was last week, so this Thursday, Utah played Florida, and Utah beat Florida 24-11 with a pretty impressive showing from Utah and not an impressive performance from Florida. It was a pretty rough game for them, and this is one of the games I'm going to be doing a deep dive on, so we'll talk a lot about a lot more about this game later on in this episode. Then on Saturday, which was two days ago, Georgia played UT Martin. They won 48-7. Big win for Georgia there, winning by 41 points. Then Alabama played Middle Tennessee, and they won 56-7. This was the debut from Jalen Milroe. This was the first game from him as the Crimson Tide starting quarterback. We saw him play a little bit last season when Bryce Young got hurt, but this was his first game as the full-time starter. Um, and the Crimson Tide had a dominant performance versus Middle Tennessee Then Michigan beat East Carolina 30 to 3 thought they might win by more than that But still it was a solid showing from Michigan then Ohio State beat Indiana 23 to 3 this was a lot closer than I think people were expecting that game to be. I thought it would be more of a blowout Their offense didn't play that well uh, with Kyle McCord, their quarterback, under center. This is his first time as their full time starter. And I know Marvin Harrison Jr. got hurt, but it sounds like the injury wasn't major. And I think that he went back in the game to play after he got hurt. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State bounces back moving forward. I know they won by 20 points, but I'm sure they were expecting to look a lot better, especially on offense. Then USC beat Nevada 66-14. This was USC's second game of the season, and they were dominant, um, even more dominant than they were in their first game, versus San Jose State. Then Penn State beat West Virginia 38-15. Big win for Penn State there. Then Washington beat Boise State, 56 to 19 and this game was a a bit close early on Boise State actually was winning early in this game and then Washington just decided to wake up and they destroyed Boise State at home nice win for Washington then Texas beat Rice um, 37 to 10 Nice win from Texas. Um, it, it, funny enough, JT Daniels, former five-star who played at USC and Georgia, he's playing for Rice now. So if you didn't know that, you know that now. Um, and it was a, a solid performance from Texas's offense as they won by 27 points. Then Tennessee beat Virginia 49-13. Solid win for Tennessee at home. Notre Dame beat Tennessee State 56-3 at home. Huge win for Notre Dame, won by 53 points. Then Oregon, in a wild performance from their offense, beat Portland State 81 to seven. That was an incredible performance from them. Kansas State beat uh, Southeast Missouri 45 to nothing. Solid win for them. Um, and then Colorado and the upset of the week, or either them, there's another game I'm going to get to that also is a contender for the upset of the week, but they beat TCU 45 to 42, huge win for Colorado, and their, first, and their first-time head coach, Deion Sanders, I guess it's not fair to say that he is a first-time head coach. He was the head coach for Jackson State for the last few years, now he's... Um, now with the Colorado Buffaloes, this is his first year as a head coach in the power five, but yeah, solid win for him in his first game with Colorado and a big win for the program. Um, then Wisconsin beat Buffalo 38 to 17, um, Oklahoma beat Arkansas state 73 to nothing. This was a great performance from the Sooners offense. They looked awesome in this game. North Carolina beat South Carolina, 31-17. Big win for North Carolina. I honestly thought they were going to lose this game. I thought they would struggle because they just don't have a ton of talent on their roster. They lost to Josh Downs last year. Um, he went to the NFL. And so I thought they may struggle offensively, but they didn't. They looked really good and got a nice win versus South Carolina. Then Ole Miss beat Mercer, 73-7. Big win for them. Nice performance by by the Rebels. Then Texas A&M beat New Mexico 52-10. Tulane beat South Alabama 37-17. Iowa beat Utah State 24-14. And then yesterday on Sunday, uh, Florida State beat LSU 45-24. Big win for Florida State. Huge win for them as they're trying to make the playoffs this year. And that win will definitely help them do that. And then Oregon State beat San Jose State 42-17. to 17. So those are all of the scores for games that included top 25 teams. Let me look and see. There were a few games that I wanted to look at that didn't include top 25 uh, teams. So let me go ahead and look for those. One of them was Vanderbilt Hawaii. Um, Vanderbilt beat Hawaii 35-28. to 28. That was a really fun game if you missed that. Um, and then, um, NC State beat UConn, 24-14. Solid win for NC State. Minnesota beat Nebraska 13-10. to This was a wild game that came down to the very end. Nebraska was beating Minnesota for most of this game. But in the final few minutes, like in the final five minutes, Minnesota scored 10 points to win the game. And Jeff Sims, who is Nebraska's starting quarterback, he transferred from Tech to go to Nebraska, he threw a crucial interception at the end of this game, which helped Minnesota get, in, get into position to kick a game-winning field goal, which they made. Big win for Minnesota. And then um, Michigan State beat Central Michigan 31-7. Louisville beat Georgia Tech 39-34. This was a fun game. Georgia Tech was dominating in the first half, but they kind of fell apart in the second half. Their defense didn't play all that well, allowing 39 points, and they lost by 5 points. Big comeback victory for Louisville in this game. And then Stanford beat Hawaii, 37-24. I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about this game, and talking about how Stanford was really fun to watch. I didn't see any of this game, so I'll have to go back and watch it, but yeah. A nice win for the, for Stanford, winning by 13 points. And let's see if there were any other games I wanted to talk about. Off the top of my head, there isn't. Um, and I'm looking at the scores, and I don't think there is. Um, I will mention Fr- Fresno State beat Purdue 39-35. to High-scoring affair there between two solid teams. And I'm looking for other games. I don't think there's any other game that I really want to talk about. Um, yeah, I don't think there is. So that's pretty much... All, all that happened in week one of college football, um, actually, now that I think about it, there was one game I wanted to mention, um, and that was Baylor and Texas State, glad I didn't forget about that, so Texas State beat Baylor this weekend, 42-31, Baylor was expected to win by over 20 points in this contest, and they lost by 11 points. A very disappointing performance from Baylor. Big win for Texas State, who was led by T.J. Finley, who was at Auburn last season, transferred to Texas State, and he had a great performance in this game, was really productive, and and he helped Texas State beat Baylor. And honestly, Baylor fans, this is a safe space for y'all. You can go into this comment section, you know, tell us how you're feeling. We're kind of going to be your therapist for, for this loss, I know it, it had to be really difficult for y'all to go through, but I want to let y'all know, this is a safe space. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling depressed, you can talk about your feelings here. This is a safe space. We're here for y'all to, to give y'all support because I know this has to be a very difficult time for y'all losing to Texas State at home. It's a tough look. It's a tough look for your for your program. Hopefully you're able to move forward and get past this. But yeah, wanna win y'all support in this tough time and let y'all know that we're here for y'all here. Um, but yeah, that was a rough rough performance from Baylor, hopefully they can bounce back after that. But yeah, those are all the games I wanted to go through, um, and then we can go ahead, dive into some of the games I wanted to do a deep dive on. But before I get into all of that, I'm gonna take a break, and I will see y'all back here in just a minute. Okay, the next game I wanna talk about is Colorado TCU, and this was such a fun game. Probably one of the more fun games we saw this past week. It was awesome. Um, and heading, I wanna I wanna give some context to how impressive this win was for Colorado. Colorado won forty five to forty two. It was an awesome performance from them. But I wanna give some context because you gotta know the backstory to kind of to fully appreciate how awesome this win was for Colorado's program. So during the off season. Colorado hired Deion Sanders to be their head coach. And before coming to Colorado, Deion Sanders was the head coach for Jackson State, which is an HBCU. He left there, came to Colorado, and he completely changed their roster. He brought in a lot of players that that played for him at Jackson State. That included Travis Hunter, a former five-star. That included his son, who was the quarterback at Jackson State, Shadir Sanders. Um, And he brought over a lot of transfers, not only players that played with him at Jackson State, but also players from other programs. And so their roster is completely different than it was a year ago. And so coming into this season, there were a lot of people who were doubting how good Colorado would be because... You know, and it made sense because their roster was completely different than a new head coach who had never coached at this level of college football before. All of his experience as a head coach came when he was coaching at an HBCU. And Dion had a lot of success there at Jackson State. But well, this is a completely new level of football, a, a, just a, a, a much higher level. And so there were, there were some doubters out there, and it made sense why people would doubt them. I was actually a bit optimistic about Colorado. I thought they would be a little bit better than they were a year ago. I was not expecting for them to be great. I wasn't expecting them to compete for the Pac-12 championship this year. But I did think that they would be better because they had so much talent on their roster. They brought in a lot of talented players, like Shadir Sanders, like Travis Hunter. And I thought if Shadir Sanders was the real deal, that this team was probably going to be better than they were a year ago. And I understood all the arguments against Colorado being better this year, but I just thought that the talent would win out in the end. Um, and it looks like that that might be the case. So in this game, Colorado won 45-42, to one by 3 points, and it was a high-scoring affair. There was absolutely no defense. Colorado is moving into the Big 12. Um, I don't know if that's happening next season or not, but at some point that's happening, and they'll fit, in, right? <laughs> they'll fit in perfectly in the Big 12 with this kind of performance. I'm kidding. That's just a joke. All you Big 12 fanboys, I'm just kidding. I respect the Big 12. I am one of the few people in this country who actually thinks the Big 12 is a good, a good conference, so... Please don't hate me. But yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this game. Um, Talk about some guys who played well um, and and how Colorado was able to beat TCU in the first week of the season. The first thing you have to talk about when you talk about this game is Colorado's offense and specifically Shadir Sanders. Shadir Sanders was awesome in this game. He had 510 passing yards, ridiculous number there. Um, averaged 10.9 yards per pass attempt, which is great. And he also had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Now, he didn't have any rushing yards because he took, I think he took four sacks in this game. The pocket presence can get better, but he was accurate. The deep ball throwing was great. Um, and I thought he, he was great. Um, you know, performing within structure in Colorado's offense. The accuracy was really good at all levels on the field. I thought he was patient as a decision maker. And overall, I thought this was a really impressive performance from Shunner Sanders. He had a QBR of 90.6. And everyone was talking about his performance on Twitter. Um, and for good reason, he was great. We also saw from great, some great performances from their pass catchers. They had four guys, four players, with over 100 receiving yards in this game. That's awesome. That's incredible. One of those was Nillan Edwards, their running back. He had five catches for 135 yards and three touchdowns. And Travis Hunter, he had 11 catches for 119 yards and zero touchdowns. Xavier Weaver had six catches for 118 yards and zero touchdowns. And Jimmy Horn Jr. had 11 catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Um... It's crazy to see four players with over 100 receiving, 100 receiving yards in one game for one team. That, like, never happens. And it just shows you how explosive Colorado's passing attack was versus TCU. And we'll look at the rest of their roster. Uh, neither defense played that well. TCU's defense was a little more productive than Colorado's. They had four sacks. 7 tackles for loss, 2 passes defended, um, and Colorado had no sacks, no tackles for loss. But still, both defenses could not keep the other team out of the end zone. But Colorado's defense did come away with a big stop at the end of the game. Uh, they were up 3 on TCU's last possession, and then came away with a stop. That's what helped them win the game. Um, and I want to talk about Travis Hunter specifically because he did something that you legit never see in football. And he played both sides of the ball, and he played a lot on both sides of the ball. In this game versus TCU, Travis Hunter played over 110 snaps. He started at receiver and corner. Um, and 110 snaps is ridiculous for one game. One game in one game, a team's offense will play about 65 snaps total and so when you look at his snap total he played almost the entire game on both offense and defense and he played it at a high level he had an interception he had three pass breakups he also had 11 catches for over 100 receiving yards that's unreal to play that much on both sides of the ball and to be that productive while also playing in the texas heat that's crazy That's, I've never seen anything like that. And like Travis Hunter has the chance to be college football's version of Shohei Ohtani. And if you don't know who Shohei Ohtani is, he's a baseball player for the Los Angeles Angels. He's the best player in Major League Baseball at the moment. He's one of the best pitchers in the league, but also one of the best hitters. And that's something that we haven't seen in like a hundred years since Babe Ruth. And honestly, Shohei Otani might be better than Babe Ruth. He's that good. And I think Travis Hunter has the chance to be college football's version of Shohei Otani. What he did this weekend is unreal. It's ridiculous. It is a historic athletic feat to be able to play corner and receiver full-time in a game. And to play both of those positions at such a high level, that's crazy. Um, and I've never seen that before and I don't know if I ever will that that is just absolutely ridiculous So hats off to Travis Hunter I, I hate that he's not in draft eligible this year because he would be a first-round pick probably But yeah, that guy is a stud. He was great at Jackson State He was great in this game versus TCU um, And I can't wait to see what he does on both, on both sides of the ball moving forward this season Moving on to TCU, I do want to talk about them a little bit. They were good in this game. I mean, you don't score 42 points without being good. And a big reason why their offense was so good in this game is because of their rushing, rushing attack. They had 37 carries for 200, 262 yards and 4 touchdowns. They averaged 7 yard, 7.1 yards per carry, which is ridiculous. And their running back, Amani Bailey, had an awesome performance in this game he had 14 carries for 164 yards no touchdowns but he did average 11.7 yards per carry which is ridiculous um their rushing attack was awesome in this game and it's a big reason why they were so productive on the scoreboard i do want to talk about chandler morris their quarterback who was actually their starting quarterback at the beginning of last season before Max Duggan became the starter and, you know, kind of took over as their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. But he's back as TCU's starting quarterback, and he was not great in this game. Had 279 passing yards, 6.6 yards per pass attempt, 2 passing touchdowns, 2 interceptions, and a QBR of 59.6. Not a bad game from him, but just an average performance overall. Um, and I think that him not being able to, being able to perform at a high level is kind of one reason why they couldn't keep up with Colorado in the end. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about this game. I was really impressed with Colorado. Um, I thought their passing attack was awesome. Loved what I saw from Travis Hunter. Loved what I saw from Senior Sanders. Loved what I saw from Dylan Edwards. He was great. Um, TCU was really good offensively um, Especially in the run game But their defense wasn't great Their passing attack wasn't great um, And they ended up losing by three points At home Now what do I expect from Colorado moving forward I don't think they're going to be Great this year um, and this was a big win, but TCU is not the same TCU team that went to the National Championship last year. They lost a lot of talent. They're still a solid team, but they're not as good as they were a year ago. So, I don't want people to overreact to this win for Colorado and expect them to compete for the Pac-12 Championship. Maybe they will do that, but I'm not going to overreact to say that they will. They, they definitely can. They're good enough offensively. But I just don't think their defense is good enough. Um, And there's so much roster turnover from last year to this year that that may become a problem the further we go along um, during the season. Maybe, Maybe later in the season that becomes more of an issue. I don't know, but yeah, I think Colorado is going to be better than they were last year, but I'm still not convinced that they're going to be great. Hopefully, they'll prove me me wrong and make me look like an idiot, but yeah, shout out to them, shout out to Colorado. This is a big win for their program, and I'm excited to see how they perform throughout the season, and hopefully, they they can prove all the haters wrong and have an awesome season. Okay, let's close out this podcast episode by talking about the Utah-Florida game. This was, like, the, the first huge game of the season. Um, Utah was ranked 14th coming to, coming into this game, um, and they were favored despite their starting quarterback, Cameron Rising, be, being out for this game. He was dealing with a knee injury, I believe. I, I think he tore his ACL. I might be wrong about that, so take that with a grain of salt. But he was dealing with an injury that kept him out of this game. But it didn't matter. Because Utah was still able to beat Florida 24-11. to This was an impressive performance from Utah. Considering they didn't have Cameron Rising. Who was legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And it was a pretty disappointing performance from Florida. I thought they would look better. I thought they might cover the spread. Which was I think 5.5 points. And they did not. They, their offense wasn't very good. Um, they just this was a pretty underwhelming performance from Florida I thought they would look a lot better and be more competitive But they were not very competitive in this game and the final score Makes the game look more competitive than it actually was Utah was pretty dominant Um, something I thought was interesting watching Utah was the way they handled their quarterback situation So they they didn't have Cameron rising. So they played two quarterbacks. They played Bryson Barnes, who was was kind of the QB one in this game. He started for them But they also played a guy Nate Johnson a former three-star quarterback. They let him run a lot They also let him take snaps and they let him throw the ball a few times But Bryson Barnes was the the guy who was the the quarterback for most of this game And he, he had a solid performance only attempted 18 passes and had 159 passing yards Averaged 8.8 yards per pass attempt and had a passing touchdown or any passing touchdown, excuse me. Nate Johnson was fairly productive in this game, had 6 carries, 45 yards, averaged 7.5 yards per carry, and had a rushing touchdown. And that, and that rushing touchdown was a long 27-yard rushing touchdown. Um, that was really cool to see. It was an awesome play. Um, Utah wasn't amazing in this game. They only had 105 rushing yards, 165 passing yards. I think Florida ended up having more more total yards because they had 333 passing yards. But I believe Florida had more turnovers. Let me look that up real quick. Um, I think they had two turnovers in this game. No, they just had one. Utah had, Utah had zero. Um, but yeah, Florida just could not get into the end zone. Um... And this was their first game with Graham Mertz as their starting quarterback. Graham Mertz was a transfer quarterback from Wisconsin. um, I think he's a former five-star. If he's not a former five-star, he's a former four-star. But he was a highly-tied recruit coming out a few years ago. Hasn't had a lot of success in college. Hasn't been bad or anything, but hasn't been great. Um, And this was not a great performance from him. He had 333 passing yards, 7.6 yards per pass attempt, one passing touchdown, one interception, and he had a QBR of 30.4, which is a good bit below average. Um, And I I think, let me see how many sacks Utah had. A a big reason why his QBR was so low was because he took five sacks, um, and that's just not good. It's going to hurt your efficiency. As a passer and that's a big reason why his QBR was so low and um, Florida's rushing attack was also pretty bad they had 21 carries for 13 yards 0.6 yards per carry and zero touchdowns their run game was just not effective whatsoever um, they were very productive as a passing unit um, but the efficiency in that area wasn't great they averaged just 10.7 yards per reception Um, And overall, it was just not a great performance for their offense. Their defense also wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing or anything. Um, And Utah's defense was really good in this game. They had five sacks, seven tackles for loss, four passes defended, one interception. They also allowed just 11 points. Um, And outside a touchdown, which they allowed in the fourth quarter, they gave up just three points in the first three quarters which is awesome. So shout, shout out to Utah's defense. They were great. Shout out to their offense for holding the fort down without Cameron Rising. Um, it was not a, not an amazing performance from Utah, uh, but their defense was great, and their offense was good enough considering they didn't have their star quarterback in, in Cameron Rising. And what an underwhelming performance from Florida. You would think that um, that they would be way more competitive with, uh, with Cameron Rising being out for this game, but they weren't and this game wasn't very close at all For most of this game, they just got straight up dominated by Utah without one of the better players in the country and that's a pretty That's a tough performance. That's a tough pill to swallow for Florida fans. Um, For Florida fans I'm sorry about that. That's a tough game Um, Hopefully they can get better and improve upon this moving forward. That's a rough first game of the season hopefully they can get better after that, but yeah That's a that's a tough pill to swallow um, and I'm I worried for Billy Napier um, That he won't be able to last much longer because that's a tough game um, And it makes me think that this will be a rough season overall for Florida But hopefully they can improve upon this have a bounce-back um, bounce-back game in week two and and have a strong season But honestly, I kind of doubt that that's going to happen. And I do worry that Billy Napier will will get fired and that this will be his last season um, with the Florida Gators. But yeah, that's all I have for today's episode. The first week of college football was really exciting. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad the football is back. And I hope you are as well. That's all I have for y'all today. And I will see y'all next time.